and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and recommendations for whatever we read this week. Amy, as ever you are in charge, so what did we read this week? We read Rebecca by Daphne... Oh, I made a mess of that by Daphne Du Maurier. This is why I try to enunciate because otherwise I'm like Daphne, 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 Daphne Duck. No, I know the reason you enunciate so clearly is in case someone is at home going, oh, I'll write down that title. (laughs) But then the title is, it is, but the title is in the title of the episode of the podcast. So I'm going to then, you're about to do the spoiler free (gasps) recap of Rebecca by Daphne Du Maurier, maybe? Yeah, correct. Well done. Go. All right. It's set. In the 30s, and it opens in the south of France. Woo-hoo. So we follow a young woman who doesn't actually have a name but narrates in first person. And she is the companion of the sort of generic, it's crotchety. She have a name. It's a symbol. Yeah, this sort of crotchety old American woman a la Hitchcock mm-hmm. in the south of France. And she fetches things and carries stuff and is She's basically this downtrodden person who doesn't have a lot of sense of self worth or a sense of self. Yes, and hence that's the symbolic the la- lack of a name. Of name. All we know is and that she no has one a beautiful name her... that's hard to spell. Yes, and no one gives her a name. Like, as in no well, one uses her name. No. Until she meets Maxim de Winter, who is a widow, and he, he has is a great name. brought to her attention <laughs> by Mrs. Van Hopper, who is just a gossip and wants to know everyone's business and wants to, like, hobnob with the rich and famous. So if she sees someone, she inveigles an introduction to them. And she knows Maxim de Winter from the society papers because he has a beautiful and famous house, Mandalay, and his socialite wife, Rebecca, the titular Rebecca, passed away less than a year ago. So the main character meets him and then Mrs. Van Hopper gets ill and... They sort of, she rapidly falls into, well, she says it's love, but it sort of is a bit like idolization. And infatuation. Infatuation, that's the right word. With Maxim, who's probably about 20 years older than her. And very whirlwind, he asks her to marry. And she becomes, the only name she has, Mrs. De Winter. Yes. And then they go back to, they honeymoon for a bit, they go back to Mandalay, where it's very, very obvious that she is not the previous Mrs. De Winter and the staff of the house, particularly the creepy housekeeper. Yes, but there's then, or I think anything more than this is a spoiler. There's then a big old mystery around the previous Mrs. De Winter. That's it. That's all you need to say. But... Mrs. Danvers, who is the the archetypal creepy housekeeper. Yeah, who, upon whom many other housekeepers were based. Yes, but she is very much living in the shadow of the previous Mrs. De Winter. Yes, our and Mrs. De Winter lives in the shadow of the previous, Re- yeah. of Rebecca. Yeah, yeah, who drowned while sailing. And yes. then what continues is this sort of mystery and it's some people label it a romance but i would not entirely agree it's definitely a sort of suspense everything i've read labels it as a gothic romance yeah well hitchcock did it in the 40s and he was tended to do things that were sort of gothicy romance yeah. or suspense with a romantic element yeah like thrillery type things yeah. so gothic is i think this is one of the most starkly 
gothic novels I've ever Old read. Old creepy house, yeah. creepy inhabitants could be but also, the sort of but also the metaphorical haunting. Yeah, but also the structure Which is of the narrative yeah. is very gothic. Yeah. So if you look at kind of all of those kind of archetypes and structures that you expect in a in a gothic novel or a gothic story, this is what you see. Even the mystery and the sense of decay, the sense of playing with time and things being stuck in time. Yeah, frozen ghosts. as how Rebecca wanted yeah, them. But exactly. there are no ghosts. No, no, but as in like that kind of haunting or mark that people, strong people, leave on the world. The presence of others. Yes. Have, yeah, presence yeah. left behind. Yeah. So you're first. Oh, I get to go first. Yeah, I always thoughts. forget that when you do it, I get to go first. So I was really excited to read Rebecca. This was a Kim-led book. Netflix influenced. Which is... No, it was I <laughs> really? Yes. So I ah. read... So I was really keen to read it. And then I found out that I was with Arnie Hammer, Arnie. who I just, like, want to kiss all over his Arnie Hammer face. He was going to be Maxim de Winter. So I was yeah. very keen. But no, those two things happened concurrently, that I wanted to read Rebecca and the, um, and the movie was coming out. So... I went in pretty open-minded, mm-hmm. and though I will admit I went in expecting a suspense mystery romance. That's what I kind of thought it was mm. going to be. My main memory of Rebecca, like my main kind of takeaway from the book, was it was boring. <laughs> so, sorry about that one, but I... Gothic. Yeah, and... and, and <laughs> you said it was a gothic it is it is a total and it is totally the gothicness that makes it boring because you've got to describe a lot to create the but not only that it was so slow and gothic these kind of gothic books really do hang entirely on what like they leave you they are about mood but from a narrative like tension perspective in terms of what's driving me to continue listening or continue watching Mm. or continue in this case reading is finding out what it is that the main character doesn't know. So the our Mrs. De Winter, the unnamed Mrs. De Winter, goes through the book clearly missing something. Like no one will talk to her about what's going on with Rebecca and what happened to her or what kind and, of person. And she's Maxim doesn't that want Maxim to talk about it. Her and is heartbroken. Yes, and is still heartbroken by having lost her. And and he says, like he is obviously broken when they meet in the French yeah. Riviera. And he is quite clear about the fact that she is this beautiful ray of sunshine and that he has been dead inside for the whole year since his wife died. And that she is this young, vibrant, kind of living creature. And he wants to be with her because... Except she's not vibrant. No, she's not. But she loves that he sees her like that. So it's kind of, you know, that's kind of feeds in. So I really bought their whirlwind romance. Mm -hmm. I totally bought that he asked her to marry him and that she said yes. Yep. And that both to both parties it seemed like a really great option. I was in on that, totally bought it. I was very engaged with their whirlwind romance at the start. Right, so seven chapters in, you're in. Seven chapters in, loving it. Then they, we don't go on the honeymoon with them. They just get married and then that's told kind of in a, we went on honeymoon, now we're home. So like flash forward to coming back to Mandalay. Mandalay. And pretty much from maybe two chapters into Mandalay, I like that's then you've got over half the book left to go. Oh, two thirds. And three quarters, I think. There's 20. 
five chapters and, and chapter seven or eight, you arrive at Mandalay. So I didn't feel that the, that the payout of all of the mystery and you get it all answered. It all gets, you know, explained. I didn't feel like it was gratifying enough to be worth the wait. Mm. And I found myself mostly just angry at everyone, mostly angry at Maxim. He kind of gets explained and in a way that we are supposed to side with him or be compassionate towards him at mm. the end. And it's not that I have no compassion for him, but I feel like this woman who had nothing, not even a name that was her own, mm-hmm. gets thrust into this this place that has so much history she's not privy to that never gets explained and that she is kind of really punished for inquiring about. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that never really gets apologized for or justified as far as I'm concerned. Someone should have looked out for her and there was no one and it made me just be like, you're all terrible. And then, again, I found the ending unsatisfying. Mm. I would go into more detail, but that would be a spoiler. But I found the ending unsatisfying. And, again, it's gothic. So whenever – so if you were sitting here going, listening to this review and going – Oh, but I I really enjoy that kind of gothic feel where maybe everything is just depressing and desolate, Kim, and that's if, just how it is. If you love Jane Eyre, you'd really like yes. Rebecca. Oh, my goodness. If you and liked has, Jane Eyre, you would love You've probably it already read it. it has parallels. It totally has Rochester has so Jane parallels to the point parallels. that I always assume the narrator's name is Jane. Yeah, fair. But. And it might be reinforced by the fact that I'm pretty sure she was played by Joan Fontaine in the Hitchcock version. Yeah, so right. a J name is in my head. But, yes, that's exactly what it is. I dislike this novel for the same reason I do not like Jane Eyre. Yeah. Okay. So, So yes. not a recommend from you? No. Okay. Though, I did watch the Netflix film after having read it, and I actually liked the book better than the film. Mm-hmm. Weird. Except, obviously... The actors. Arnie Hammer was in the film. Yeah. So that was that was a big tick in the film's favour. Yeah, I always Though I also thought he was slightly too young to play Maxim De Winter. The Maxim De Winter I had in my head was He's slightly played very older. well by Laurence Olivier yes. in the film because yes. he was about that age. Yes. Yeah, so I have, so, have yes, seen sorry. the Hitchcock. I would not recommend yeah. I would not recommend Rebecca, except with the caveat that if you were like, but I like him, then you would probably love this i all the like there was i had nothing against it apart from the fact that the type of narrative that it was which is exactly what it says it was on the box is it your jam it just wasn't my jam that's fine so i yeah it's very much a case of like you reading a sci-fi novel and being like i just wasn't into it the world was too stupidly complicated and unnecessarily scientific and being like well it's a sci-fi novel like what did you want it to be this is a gothic novel it is an exceptional example of gothic novels but it just turns out that after having now read multiple of them not my bad. It's not a Kim thing. Not a Kim thing. I find them dull. So I have found myself in a very interesting relationship with this book. Ha! In that it took me quite... took you a long time to read. It took me a long time to read and it took me a long time to get into it. Yeah. But when I got to the halfway mark, which is quite clear yes. in the novels, like yes. 60% in... There's this sort of almost this change of rhythm, and then I found it quite gripping. And I did do that thing where I stayed up until after yeah. midnight to finish it because I wanted to know what happened and how it all ended, even though you sort of know how it will end 
at the very beginning. You do, because it's kind of started... It, it, that's yeah. circular. There and, you know, the circle. first sentence is that famous, last night I dreamt I went to yes. Mandalay again. But I have seen the Hitchcock film a couple times. And what... Interesting then that you still because you saw the film before you read the book, whereas I was the other way around. I had never seen it. I never engaged with the story before I read it. Like years ago. I haven't seen the film recently. But it has these iconic these images in my head that when I was reading the book were I was like, that's bang on. Those words exactly match that image. Yeah, okay. So it was sort of my my reading of it was coloured by being able to picture it. Really effectively. And as a result, overall, my experience was that I found it quite a gripping book. Yeah, great. But I don't mind. I hate Jane Eyre, but my problem with Jane Eyre is Rochester and Jane. I can't stand them. But I have read a couple of Daphne du Maurier's novels, and I quite like them. I like the sort of roll the landscape plays. I like the I things loved like Mandalay. like I the really reds, the symbolism Mandalay. of the rhododendrons yes, and all yes, of these. Yes, it was yes, like yes. doing a semiotic analysis of the film, but in a book. Yeah, right. I found it very. I've written here that I thought it was a a great but disturbing novel because sorry, I'm pulling things, a very enigmatic know, face that no one can while see. All it the sounds like I've fallen asleep. Carry at on. the end, were tied up, mm. like you said. It is unsatisfying. So unsatisfying because she damage sort of, because damage can't be undone. No, that's and, the ultimate message of the and book. And that circularity yes. that happens, which means Dem- Mrs. It can't De Winter, be undone. Mrs. De Winter never gets a name. No. But what she does do, and at the beginning she was sort of she very gets a mousy. Purpose. She gets a purpose and she does start gradually growing in courage. I mm. wanted her to stand to grow sooner and stand up to Mrs. Danvers considerably earlier, mm. but that was just me. She needed his support to do that though, and that was not She did. When I the point that I started getting gripped was like that. I know exactly point. which bit you Yeah, mean, if yeah. you read it you'll find the point. And don't get me wrong. I also was like, oh, great. But it was like, oh, about time. But see, I knew that was coming. And I did feel, come on, get to the, get to yeah, these, see, these that's fair. And things it's that almost, I remember in my I mind. had no, because I had no prior prior engagement. This one reminded me. I knew what the me, twist would be. I didn't know what the twist was going to be, but I think I wasn't surprised when it arrived. Like, it no. wasn't particularly surprising. But I just but, vividly remember that scene in the movie with Laurence Olivier in the shadows. Yeah, I right. just remember that and the framing of it and I remember the backlight because it's quite a beautiful film and what I think is really interesting in terms of the public's relationship with this novel is this was written in 1937 the film was given an Oscar in 1940 yeah right such a quick turnaround so it was very 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 popular straight away which is interesting because it sort of has this decaying house but it's also that decaying you know it used to be like party time and now it's not which oh yeah like the the central theme of like that 1920s into 30s yeah 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 yeah. what i really liked about it was and this is the gothic every single bit in it had a symbolic purpose the red rhododendrons absolutely and i liked how visual the language was so there's a line in it where she goes you know the past had crumbled or she she takes a letter or something she throws it into bin the bin and she says the past had crumbled away like ashes and i could picture that as an image, yeah. But you do. I did get sucked into backing Maxim. I didn't want to. 
See, I never do. I got sucked in, which no, is... I stand firm. But because I was supportive of Mrs. De Winter. And I understand what you mean because... But that's my modern sensibilities. I acknowledge yeah. that that's me not being an audience member who's prepared to buy properly into the era because I understand that there's really no getting... Like, he's her only option. So you yeah, have she has to no hope, income, no family. Yeah. So you have yeah. to hope that it works out and that he steps up and is a better version of himself for her. But at the same time, I was like, I, my soul just balks at accepting that as yeah. the way things had yes, to be. Yes, I know. Yes, that's that's, that's that sort I'm of that's... disturbing, beautifully tied but unsatisfying component of it. Absolutely. There were some, like, I really liked some of the supporting characters. Like, Frank was so normal. Yes. Frank is like the, the estate agent and sort of becomes, because he's just so normal, he yeah. becomes the confidant of Mrs. De Winter. And it was just so nice. I was excited to spend time with Frank because <laughs> it was a little bit of a break. But the only other thing that I have is that I think if you read it as a romance, you're selling it short. You're not pitching it oh, right. Oh, I agree. It's not so, a romance. So if you – I think it's a shallow reading of it, and I wouldn't recommend reading this book hoping for a romance. No, That's not what it is. Like you're saying, it is, it's this sort of gothic it's a thriller. Gothic, it's a gothic thriller. thriller. It's, a, it's not even that. It's a, it's a gothic exploration of the human condition – and of passion and of love. That's what it does. It explores. Or the That's lack why of, people. Yeah. But of it's infatuation. But of infatuation. It's Power. that passionate. Yeah. Which is all. That it's all. That's all. That's well. all kind of wrapped up in that concept of mm-hmm. passion and love, though. You know. So I think it is a gothic exploration of those yeah. themes, rather than even a thriller. And on that level, I would recommend it if you want yeah. to engage in a gothic exploration. A gothic exploration of. Love, relationships, all but those things you just But just be ready to go on a meander. Yeah, it does meander. Be but, ready but it to had just... some of Mary Stewart vibes in the meander, and I yes. enjoy Mary Stewart. Yes. <laughs> but I did think it was, you know, probably three chapters too long, if not more. I would be keen, though, to go and watch the Laurence Olivier version because I think the I would love to really engage with that gothic visual composition, yeah. which you... wasn't really in the Netflix Rebecca, I would say. They Ugh, they didn't like really why, why they didn't redo bother. a great film. Yes. And it's not even Hitchcock's best film. But what it does is it it is the book. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. An hour so and forty five minutes. That's probably fine. Yeah. yeah, because that gothic imagery I found quite fun. What you mean is like expressionist and things like that. Yeah. That sort of heavy use of shadow, yeah. distorted angles, and then it matches a the lot sort of symbol of and the place. Narrative the place and is a part of the narrative in a very, very yeah. The the location the place is, the is a character. Yeah, I feel like perhaps Rebecca for me. I need I need the visual to be supplied for me. Yes. It didn't. I didn't read it into the novel. I didn't picture it that way when I was reading it because I didn't have that aesthetic. So I'm going to go as far to say as if you have seen the Hitchcock, not the Netflix, but the Hitchcock, mm. I think you will enjoy the novel. Yeah, I will say if you enjoy Jane Eyre, give it a crack. Yeah. I'm going to give the Hitchcock film a go. So yeah, so it's a yes ish from me, and it's a no. It's from a Kimberly. trash from me because I won't read the book again. I'm not going to read the book again. Well, then but it's a trash. That's, no, the, that's no, the definition of trash. You're just no, going to leave the book on your so. shelf just to look at. Because it sticks in my mind. Oh, it lives in your brain. The, well, the visual, because it's so visual. Yeah. It's in, it's okay, in my you brain. Can have that. I don't think that's how the definitions work. Whatever. You, you, wrap whatever. it up. Wrap it up. 
Thank you so much for joining us. If you can work out what we what we're recommending there, then well done you. You listen better than hey, we are. You're as hot mess as I am. Uh, no, I'm much less a hot mess than you are. It's such a lie. Please join us again next week. We will bring you more spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and rambling recommendations for whatever we read that week. And until then, happy reading! And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.